This isn't any regular heat. This is nuclear heat. Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Bringing you the latest from the square circle on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here is your host, Jake Bakoven. Good to be with you guys once again. Another WWE week in a review, and it's uh, the wrestling's been good. It's been a fun week to go over. Once again, premium live event this weekend Survivor Series War Games in Chicago. So we got plenty to break down there. And in that case, we usually spend a lot of times on the premium live event and Raw, of course, because SmackDown is a little bit older. We'll jump a little bit into SmackDown, just the notes that were important as we lead this thing off. Uh, and talk a lot of wrestling here in the next hour. Once again, thanks for joining us. Tell your friends and co-workers and any wrestling fans you know about us as we get launching here. I'm Jake Bakovin of Nuclear Heat, your Nuclear Heat host, along with our Nuclear Heat contributor, Augie Payne. Augie, uh, how, how's the week been? You've been feeling pretty good about the wrestling. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's a, it's a great time. Um, a, lot of, a lot of great things have been happening. You know, I haven't, I haven't felt this excited for some things, you know, in quite a while, so... Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the question, and we'll get into it, obviously, um, here as we're recording on a Wednesday. We're not, we're not going to pretend like there's no spoilers <laughs> that we can't talk about. But the, the question kind of remains to me as, as we can see, continue to see different guys pop up and all these different angles of guys trying to get redemption on the bloodline is eventually, like, who's going to take that WrestleMania match? And, uh, and we will we'll talk about that as, as it goes on. But I love how open and, and I mean, how many options they have uh, for who's going to take on Roman Reigns, obviously, at WrestleMania. And then, you know, just, just booking it out from here. We, the Royal Rumble is the next pay-per-view premium live event that's coming up. We've got like two months to go until, that, until we get that going. Um, so it's going to be a lot of weekly episodic television that they're going to have to carry over. Obviously, battling Monday Night Football. I think this past week's Raw uh, had its best ratings in years, at, at least during the Monday Night Football season. So a lot of good things in wrestling going down. Once again, let's jump into Survivor Series War Games uh, here in just a second. But first, we got to take a few notes from SmackDown from last week. Quickly, just the matches that happened there in our SmackDown in review segment here. The undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Finn Balor and Damian Priest, defeated the Street Profits. Not much to say here. Obviously, this was the right move going into war games. You wouldn't want to strip uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest of their belts and their momentum going into war games. But more importantly, what does it mean to, for the Street Profits? Bobby Lashley uh, standing backstage wasn't happy. BFAB keeps hanging around him, so there's got to be an angle there. They've already kind of done. He doesn't He doesn't quite trust the Street Profits. Um, I don't know if that's the, the way to go. I kind of want to see him pushed, and you thought that maybe this would be the push, but it certainly wasn't the time to give them the belts. No, not at all, and and I feel like the WWE is starting to give up on the Street Profits. You know, they, they, they have a plan for them, but right now it just all looks lost. Um, man, these guys had so much potential and it's just, they're just, they're taking L's every week. It, it looks like. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. And of course they have these number one contenders matches and stuff that kind of, I, I love it because it, it, it gives the matches on SmackDown and, and raw, um, some stakes to it. Um, but usually once they, once you win that and then you go up and finally take on your match and it's on a raw or it's on a SmackDown, it's not in a premium live event. Uh, you're usually not going to end up winning. So kind of interested to see how that plays out. Uh, Kevin Owens and LA Knight defeated Grayson Waller in Austin Theory. Uh, and again, I said this last week, I kind of feel the same here is that 
while it's fine, um, I don't see a long-term bo- booking with Kevin Owens and LA Knight being together against these two. Um, it's interesting because Austin Theory, who WWE has put everything in, give him, you know, you know, Undertaker and John Cena and just Vince McMahon and left and right. He's got the, the rub from everybody. They seem to finally table that, make Grayson Waller seemingly the the leader of their group. And Austin Theory, just kind of the, the guy that's going to talk trash a little bit, but doesn't get a whole lot to say. Uh, do you think that's the, the right move here for Austin Theory? Yeah, I do, because. Um, you know, months ago, I said, I, I believe that Austin Theory probably needs to go away for a while. They need to cool down on him. They need to stop trying to push him down everybody's throats. And I, I think this is a good way to put him. You know, he's still on TV. He's with Grayson Waller, you know, who who had his hot streak, I'd say, you know, during the summer. So he's he's kind of up there. Um, so, yeah, I think this is great. You know, kind of just having to be that secondary guy. Yeah, and we'll see what it means for Kevin Owens and L.A. Knight. Uh, it's kind of temporary feud type of stuff for those guys. Um, and basically they don't have anything for him right now. So you get him uh, battling some of the heels. Uh, Santos Escobar attacked Carlito ahead of the Survivor Series match. This ultimately led to a change at Survivor Series where Dragon Lee took Carlito's spot. Um, Dragon Lee, who's not even in LWO, but I, I guess maybe he's just a, a, a part-time member. I mean, I don't really know. This, in my mind, was definitely not the move. We talked about last week how Santos Escobar... Um, you know, taking on Carlito was hardly premium live event worthy, but you know, I'd still watch it. Cause I was interested. I'm not going to lie. When, when, <laughs> when Escobar and dragon Lee face each other at war games, man, I just, I wasn't all that interested. There wasn't not enough build. They just did it from the night before. Like I said, dragon Lee associated with LWO, but not part of it. Yeah. I just don't know where this came <laughs> from to, to do this. And Carlito, they brought him back. You know, you're kind of excited to see him in singles action. That was kind of the one way to kind of say, well, you know, okay, I could see this in premium live event just so I could see Carlito battle again. And his one of his big, bigger matches, I know he fought one, it would be his first singles matches, but uh, his ber- first feud. And maybe they're building it up for Carlito and Santos Escobar to eventually fight at uh, <laughs> in a couple months, right. I suppose. But I, don't, I just... Th- Talk about something that doesn't make too much sense to me. Yeah, you you last week asked if I felt like this match was supposed to be on, you know, felt like a premium live event match. It felt like a SmackDown match with Carlito on it, and then you take Carlito out of it. It felt like a house show, you know, like a, like mm. like that's a match you put yeah. on a main event. There's there's no build behind it. Um, I know Dragon Lee, I think, is big with an NXT. Um, I, I want to say, but if you don't watch NXT, NXT, you have no idea who this guy is. Um, Santos Escobar. I mean, they're they're trying to push him. They, it's not going great. Um, I think they went, they held on too long before they had this heel turn for him. Um, it, yeah, yeah. This, you know, w- when it comes down to war games, I mean, this really became the the popcorn match. You know, the the yeah. bathroom break. Um, and then we'll talk about that later. But I have no idea where they're going with this now because people weren't excited about Santos Escobar versus Carlito in the first place. You know, if, if you're excited about it, you're excited to watch Carlito, as you mentioned. You take him out. I, I just don't get the build here. I mean, you know, they, they could scrap it and say, you know, they'll go in a different direction from here. Um, we've seen that before, but I, I have no idea. I, I'm not behind this. I'm not excited about this feud. I, I'm going to be honest about that. Well, it's somewhat unfortunate. I mean, Santos Escobar literally has LWO tattooed on his yep. hand. Um, I think he's a good enough heel. I think that, uh, like, long term, I can see him working, and I think this is the move they need to make, but they kind of, like, I think you mentioned it last week, they kind of teased it for too long. It's like, mm-hmm. when's he going to turn on Ray? 
And then when he did, it wasn't quite, it wasn't shocking. It wasn't, it wasn't quite like, didn't feel like it was still in the moment. Um, and then they take Ray out of it immediately and start having him fight different guys. And again, if it's Carlito, it makes a little bit of sense because that's where the feud broke up the, you know, uh, Escobar from LWO, but <sighs> WWE sometimes <laughs> just gets in their own way. Yep. Uh, and uh, that was the case here. Um, another match on SmackDown, pretty deadly, defeated the Brawling Brutes. The only interesting part portion of that is that Ridge Holland walked out on Butch. Uh, are you interested in a Brawling Brutes breakup? <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. You know, um, you know, this could be, you know, where I pause it, where I take my pups out or something, you know, on a, on a restroom break. But, you know, it is kind of interesting because they've been together for, what, two years, maybe three years now. Um, they had a good angle with Sheamus, I think mm-hmm. it was, right, yep. um, on there. I mean, they're 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 fine in the ring, but they're not that interesting. You know, they're they're mid card at that. Um, but unfortunately, this is probably going to take up the next you know three to four months of of a segment on SmackDown. So yeah, I I just don't know about it. I think you know those uh, they do this with a lot of tag teams where you know I don't think either of those guys is ready for a singles push. They're not exactly extremely hot, but as we mentioned it at this time last year, they were in the War Games match. Yeah. Um, and as long as they have Sheamus, and he's been side side, you know, on the side with a little bit of an injury, but as long as they have Sheamus, you feel like at least they've got a leader, they've got a faction, yeah. they can they can you know brawl around with some of the other factions that WWE has going. I just don't I don't know if I'm even interested in watching a Ridge Holland Butch feud, and then I know that whoever comes out on top and whoever doesn't, I mean, it doesn't really matter that neither of them is ready for a singles push with those characters. So um, interested to see where it goes from there, but interested like watching a car wreck. <laughs> <laughs> sure. uh, Bailey and Asuka defeated Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch in the main event. No reason to, to talk too much about that because we'll get right into war games. But I guess the only note from that is that Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, can they get along? Can they coexist? That angle that WWE also often pushes uh, going into war games, uh, that was kind of the, the point of this match. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll open it up with Chicago Survivor Series war games. Uh, obviously still waiting from the previous week's Raw to see Randy Orton. Everybody was kind of waiting for that. But instead, we started with uh, the women's match of war games. Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Shotzi uh, taking on damage control in the war games match. Um, damage control, by the way, came out with masks. I thought they, the, 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 the presentation looked really good. Um, and then from there, I, I thought it was a really good match at some, uh, you know, high flying. I thought this was oh, yeah. probably the highlight of the night, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, EO sky put a trash can overhead <laughs> at the top of the, at the top of the cage and jumped down on everybody. I thought that was awesome. Uh, and then, uh, the queen Charlotte flair did the, you know, a similar move where she did a moonsault. Uh, that she normally does from the top ropes, which is already one of the most impressive moves in WWE. Uh, but then to do it from the top of the cage was was very cool. Um, ultimately, though, Becky drove Bailey through a table with the manhandle slam, and the good guys win in this case. Um, maybe some other notable uh, events of that match that you can kind of point out or think that it ha- helps for Shotzi or one of these other girls. What were your kind of thoughts about the women's or war games match? I thought it was great. Um, I'm, I'm going to start out by saying I was very confused. I forgot in war games, it's not a nomination style. It's once everybody's in, it's the first pin mm-hmm. um, gets it. So that confused me. So I apologize about last week. I, I was wrong about the elimination style of it, but I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was a really good way to, um, to start you know, this, this premium live event, um, to really get the fans going. Um, there weren't really that many, you know, bad spots about it. I thought, you know, every single competitor in there, I thought they showed their strengths. 
um, especially Shotzi. You know, she had a couple of great times where I think she, she you know, kicked everybody at one time. Um, you know, I, I love Shotzi putting herself in a in, in the trash or, or uh, EO Sky putting herself in the trash can. I thought that was amazing. Um, I, I will say, oh, and then another good thing is it, it, I'm a little confused by it, though, because you know, they're going to probably go with that angle of Becky now getting kicked out of damage control because she took the pin, right? So yeah, she Bailey. essentially, or Bailey, sorry. She, she took the pin, so essentially she lost the match. But if you watched it, I think to me she showed that she was really in because she broke up so many pins, Yeah. Um. you know, on her teammates. They and, were describing and, her even as in the commentaries, MVP of the match yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. She, she, she carried for that team. Um, she did everything. She she put it on their back, you know, and she's just unfortunately the one that took the pin. But, you know, great storytelling in there. Um, I, I am excited now to see where they go from this. You know, do they acknowledge as in damage control, you know, that she, um, you know, was the MVP or are they just going to look at, oh, she cost us the match. Um, the one thing I, I'm not a fan of and I don't like this, the whole Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, that that cringy hug at the end where they mm. embrace and it's like, oh, the feud's over. Um, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, I felt like they were just trying to to play up the moment there. Um, I love when they're feuding, you know, when they're when they're not together, um, on the same page because they're they're two of the greater uh, wrestlers there. So that was kind of the one downfall. But everything else, I I enjoyed. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting just as the the overall kind of view on it. And, and once again, um, we'll talk about this in a second. But the good guys won in the women's match. The good guys won in the in the in the men's match. And I just don't think that's the right move for mm-hmm. war games, specifically when you have. Uh, two teams that are um, that are that are you know that are that are teams. Damage yeah. control is, is a team. Judgment Day is a team. The other the other side, the good side of this is just a bunch of single stars paired together. Yeah. And so, how you don't push the teams, how you don't show them with the victories at the end, uh, at least in one of these matches, kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just I don't get it because damage control now, like you said, there's like, there's questions on it when they should be the strongest faction and the biggest kind of talk going into SmackDown this week. Uh, now it's just kind of like, eh. but at the same time for, for both damage control and judgment day, they lose these war games matches, but they don't lose their belts. You yeah. sky's still the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, judgment day still has all the belts in, in the, in the briefcase. So I can understand why it doesn't feel like they've lost so much, but I, I think that that's the point of war games is you want somebody to come out feeling like the loser yeah. and what, and, and the teams that you have built up the factions that you have built up to feel stronger. And I thought they missed the, the mark on both matches with, with the finishes that they chose. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you, you point out something good there. What does this do for Charlotte Flair, Bianca and Becky Lynch? I yeah. mean, what does it do for them? They're already at the top of the game. You know, they're considered, you know, some of the best, right now to do it i mean maybe shotsky you know she gets elevated a little bit but you know your champions are losing you know that's that's the mind boggling thing to me too is it's like i said i love the match i thought it was great it's the outcome you know just i I don't know if i i think i predicted that the bad guys were gonna uh win this one um and i thought this one for sure because you know eo sky you got to protect your champion and i know they still did but man this is like the fourth or fifth time that, you know, the team she's been on has taken a loss. Um, and, and, and instead of building up, you know, damage control, who I think, you know, eventually when Bailey splits, that's going to be one of the bigger storylines. Um, you know, they, they could have done something with this. And cause like I said, that the other team didn't need this. Um, they're, they don't need a push like that. You know, they can jump in, especially Charlotte flair, you know, she jumps into title pictures. Um, the minute she comes back after being gone for a year. So, 
yeah, that that that's I agree with you on that. I'm yeah, too happy about that. Like you said, Shotzi probably gets a little bit from this, but I highly doubt we're going to see a Shotzi WrestleMania match. <laughs> so I just don't I don't get the whole point of it. Might help her with her next feud. We'll see where she goes from here. By the way, I I just think it's funny the commentators um, when they talk about Shotzi is just like she's unhinged, she's yep. crazy, <laughs> and you're just like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> just because they they shaved her head head off and now she takes some extra time to put spikes in her hair. Yeah, um, I I love how they do that with the kind of the wrestling gimmick. They do that with a lot of guys and, and gals over the years. It's just. If you don't have anything else, just say she's crazy. He's yeah. he's a lunatic, <laughs> and, and you just go over there. But there's no really meaning behind it, and uh, so it's just kind of a funny gimmick that uh, I think is overused at times without reason to believe they're crazy. Like, yeah. what's the crazy thing that Shotzi's done <laughs> since she's been on the roster? I I, I don't remember it. No. Um, uh, then we have the Intercontinental Title match: Guther and the Miz. Uh, ultimately a very hard-hitting match and, and, and lived up the expectation that you probably would expect between the Gunther and Miz. Um, a submission by Gunther to Miz's back ultimately retains the Intercontinental title, and it made me uncomfortable to watch Gunther yep. press that knee uh, into Miz's back because Miz's body's not supposed to bend that way. <laughs> Um, so you, you can kind of see it with like the front part of Mrs. Yep. Body. So uh, it was a, it was a very believable submission uh, and kind of interesting. I, I don't think we have too much to talk about it with Raw, but the only thing that I find a little bit interesting from this is the next night, um, Miz confronts Gunther on Raw and and basically gives him this idea that he wants to fight again or whatever. Um, but part of it was, um, you know, you've got to respect me, and, and Gunther says he respects the Miz. Meanwhile, the Miz hit him in the balls twice (laughs) you know that's not again that's not fluent storytelling you don't you don't you wait two days and then respect somebody that hit hit you with a low blow yeah um so i think that's kind of something missing a little bit from the storyline but um ultimately gunther winning certainly the right decision yeah and and the miz is supposed to be the heel in all this right he's supposed to or or the baby he's supposed to be the face yeah the the, the face in this and yeah i mean he's the miz but i thought it was a good match um i will say this Wrestling is fake. You know, it is fake, but oh my goodness. Have you ever been put in the walls of Jericho by a cousin or anything like that? They hurt. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. When, so when you see, you know, these wrestlers take moves like that, as you explained, it, you know, they're, they're, they're putting their body through something to entertain us. And you really got to respect that, especially somebody like Gunther, who, you know, if you saw him, he was like a 300 pound, you know, man. And now he's, you know, he's really slimmed down. Um, yeah. Just the work they put through. And, and I thought it really showed, you know, I thought it was a good match. Yeah, the next match was Santos Escobar, who defeated Dragon Lee. And then the match after that, we we already pretty much talked about that. There's not much to go through there. Uh, With apologies to Dragon Lee, he's, you know, uh, another of a long line of entertaining um, high flyers, but not much else. Yeah, Luchador. And and Rey Mysterious has apparently said he's the next Luchador. I think that Rey's also said that about several guys over the years, too. So (laughs) that's kind of falling on deaf ears a little bit. Uh, But anyways, then we had the Women's World Title match. Uh, Rhea Ripley ultimately defeating Zoe Stark. Uh, I thought Rhea Ripley had a good look. She always uh, comes out with uh, a, a new a new look for uh, premium live events, which is common among wrestlers. But I think she's done a particularly good job. Um, maybe it's just because of the assless chaps or whatever. No, yeah. no, no, that's what. <laughs> but no, uh, she didn't end up beating Zoe Stark. Um, and uh, I thought this was a good, a hard enough hitting match, which is what I expected. Like the the ending is what you expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought. Zoe Stark did a good a good job to get over without going over once again, which is basically putting on a good enough match uh, where the loss doesn't hurt you in defeat. Yeah, and and I'll say this, you know, 
Rhea Ripley is is pretty good in the ring. You know, she still has some work to do, but for being a champion, you know, she's pretty good. Um, I I kind of like this. You know, two strong women. You know, going at it. Um, I thought it was great, and you know, I'm excited to kind of. Well, I was excited to see what they were going to do with Zoe Stark. I think we'll talk about this, you know, mm -hmm. what they did to her on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's great for Rhea. You know, she's going to continue to just go through the roster until they, you know, eventually feud her with, what, Charlotte or Becky Lynch or somebody like that. Um, but I thought this was a, a pretty good match, and, and I'm happy to see her finally wrestling. You know, because they went, like, what, four or five months with yeah. her not wrestling. You know, their premium live events, no women's champion on it. Um, so I thought this was, I thought this was a really good time. Um, for her, and I thought thought it was a good match. Yeah, I think Zoe Stark has risen up. It's a very mm -hmm. short time. Obviously, came in paired with a legend that kind of got the rub there, so that helped. Um, but in a very short time, I she's believable as one of the top uh, challengers to yep. Rhea Ripley. But like you said, once again, uh, once we get into Raw, maybe that was uh, downplayed <laughs> a little bit uh, coming off the the premium live event loss. Uh, once again, talking about Survivor Series War Games, let's get into the men's match between Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, Sami Zayn, Jay Uso, and maybe Randy Orton uh, against the <laughs> Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. Um, good enough match uh, as, as it went along, like you said, kind of the format here. You let one, you know, you start off one-on-one, -on -one and then uh, the advantage uh, brings on two-on-one -on -one and then two-on-two, -two and then uh, so slowly releasing these guys out there um, and then eventually you can get the pin once everybody from the match is in. Um, Hard-hitting match. Guys were bringing in different weapons, so uh, kept kept it interesting, but the buildup was really to see if Randy Orton was going to be there or not. Um, and uh, after it looked like he wasn't, which was kind of weird, you know, yeah. they, they did the... Um, they did a little talk with Judgment Day, kind of their uh, locker room backstage, saying, I don't think he's going to be here tonight. I heard he's not going to be here tonight. So they did a good job of kind of building it up. Um, but um, ultimately, he didn't come out. And then they started beating up everybody, including Seth Rollins. And that's when Rhea Ripley's music hit. And she came out to the arena to try to cash in Priest Money in the Bank. Uh, just before they were able to do that, of course, the Vipers music hit. And he comes out and makes the save. Um, they all they did a spot here where all five members of Orton's team paid homage to him by hitting the the middle rope hangman's DDT, uh, which was kind of cool. Um, they also had a a moment in the match where Orton was considering attacking Jay Uso again to get the revenge on the Bloodline. Jay Uso's kind of looking uh, out for everybody, even his teammates. Is the story they've been telling. So add RKO into the mix there. Uh, and then a really cool spot uh, was when Rollins and Zayn threw uh, J.D. McDonough off the top of the structure to Orton, yeah. uh, who used that to do the RKO. Um, and that should have been the finisher. I think that you could have had an all-time moment there. Maybe they still think they did, um, but you can't quite do it because we need Cody Rhodes yeah. to ultimately get the pin. So I didn't necessarily like that. They had him hit the crossroads on Priest, which has been a little bit of my concern and my problem with Cody Rhodes all along. Uh, and and I don't, I'm not too, I mean, the, the crowd loved him. I understand the push last year uh, and the continued, you know, elevation and understanding where he is. I just always feel like his finisher just looks like a standard move. Yep. And mm -hmm. I, I just feel like he needs to have a bigger finisher because for that to take down Priest, who you're trying to build up, um, I just didn't think necessarily was the way to end that match, especially after the RKO yeah. from the top ropes is, you know, it just kind of shows the difference between, a, a move that should end a match and one that shouldn't. In any case, um, 
So the, the, the good guys win here. We've talked about how I don't necessarily think that that was the way to go. Um, kind of taking a little bit uh, of the steam from the Judgment Day as they move forward. And again, I don't know who necessarily on the good side benefits from this too much. And then, of course, the most, uh, the biggest moment of Survivor Series and War Games, and really, to me, the moment that saved the pay-per-view, because I think I was a little bit disappointed. Just, it, I mean, you had five matches. Like yeah. I said, I didn't agree with all the booking um, outside of the War Games matches. I think the singles comp- com- uh, competitions were rather predictable, uh, if not, uh, uh, you know, uninspiring. Yep. But CM Punk made his uh, return to WWE. Uh, His music hits. The place goes crazy. Of course, Chicago is hometown. It's a moment that I never thought that I would might see again. um, Particularly because of the way that he left AEW. I didn't. I didn't know if you're worried about locker room problems there or not. WWE decides to bring CM Punk back. I do have a little, a little bit of a of, of a downgrade, I suppose, with the way they brought him back. Not just in Survivor Games, but last night on Raw, because he just comes out and stands there, and that's the end of the the pay-per-view. And I just think if you've got this once-in-a-lifetime type of return, you bring it in hot. And I thought that was a little bit of a problem what they did with him in AEW is when they brought him in, they didn't immediately push him to the top, feud him with the top guys. Uh, And so he kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit there. I'm a little bit worried about that happening again. This moment was the most... Uh, shared or viewed um, moment on social media wise for WWE. So it's obviously huge and even drawing eyes from outside your typical uh, wrestling fans. How did you feel about um, the way they kind of ended that match and brought in CM Punk? Um, You know, I I was thrilled that CM Punk is back. You know, like you said, you know, it's been, it's been over 10 years, you know, since he did the pipe bomb and quit WWE and then, you know, when did everything. Um, I thought it was great because I think CM Punk is one of the best wrestlers in the world, you know, from, well, 10 years ago, CM Punk was one of the best yeah. wrestlers in the world. So we'll see where he's at. But my, my kind of issue of it was it kind of, I was super excited about Randy Orton's return. Right. And he had his moment for about five minutes. And then you bring in CM Punk, who's going to overshadow everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, on that, I love all the reactions we got, you know, Seth Rollins, you know, looking like he's about to go up there and, and fight him. Um, I thought it was great. You know, I, I didn't think it was going to happen at all. Um, I, I know we had all heard about the rumors and everything there, but man, that it creates a lot of excitement, you know, because if WWE does it right, I agree with you. They need to push him to the top. You know, I think the feud with Rollins needs to start now. Um, you know, we're well, Royal rumble, you know, cause we got, yeah. we got what, two months for it. Um, but I, I agree with you. I mean, just, just having them. Well, I hate when they ended on this, they, and they do this on a couple of premium live events, you know, when they have returns or something. It's the guy comes out, the guy says hi, you know, it's hot, it's it's huge, um, and then that's it, you know. So for us, for us fans, um, you know that that aren't at the event, you don't see anything else, you know, you don't see them signing, you know, you don't see them do that. Um, and I think they kind of trolled us a little bit because it looked like Survivor Series was going to end. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the screen even went black for a second, didn't it? And then it comes well, I think back they on. brought up the little WWE uh, logo yeah. in the corner and stuff. So it was like, yeah, it's over. Yeah, with that. Um, and I thought that was <clears throat> I thought that was pretty cool, you know. And then his music hits and you're like, no way, you know. Um, but but one of the funnier things, and I didn't notice this when I was watching the premium live event, though, was when Seth Rollins was upset, you know, doing all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize it was Michael Cole that was holding him back. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I'm like, okay. I'm like, now this is not believable because <laughs> Michael Cole is probably smaller than I am. 
and he's holding back Seth freaking Rollins. You know, yeah. I was like that. That doesn't make sense. Um, but no, I thought that was fun. And and one more thing I want to say, Randy Orton looks swole. Oh yeah, he looks huge. He looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Um, man, he just needs to he just needs to shave his head and go back to that what oh nine uh, legend <laughs> yeah, killer Randy Orton. He's so close. He's got the bus cut, but yeah. man, he looks jacked. He he spent a lot of time in that weight room. You could tell um, while he was gone. Um, it's just so weird seeing him seeing him as a baby face. You know, yeah. it, it was it was weird seeing him like it, it's almost like he went over the top at the end of the match. I don't know if you saw that, but um, he went. It's great. It's great to have him back. I've been wanting him back for a while because I think now, you know the. What we're going to talk about, you know, his potential feud, I think, can be great. Um, and and I don't care if he wins it, you know, and, and buries people. But, you know, I'm just happy to have him back. And then CM Punk on top of it, man, that's it was a great night. It was a yeah. great ending to the show. Um, I wish they would have done more with CM Punk, but it, it was fun. Yeah. And I, I think, too, a little bit of, again, it you, you, you get what you, you get what you get here in <laughs> yeah. WWE. And it's exciting to get those returns. Um, but I'm a huge fan of the Royal Rumble and, you know, those surprise returns and stuff like that. And. To, to your point of kind of burying RKO's return right away, which they did a good job of kind of reviving on Raw yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like I don't know who they're going to have return at Royal Rumble yeah. that's really going to touch these returns. So mm-hmm. to do, I mean, we've been talking for you know a year and a half about how do you bring Randy back? And, you know, it, there's so many different creative ways to do it. And this is a very high you know, just a high position type of to bring him in on to basically come in and be the savior of war games. Um, but I would have liked to see one of those guys come back. I would have probably, if I was booking it, probably saved it for uh, Royal Rumble. Um, can you imagine the thirtieth guy is CM Punk out? And I mean, see, <laughs> that would have been an all time moment. I was thinking about that too, but we also got to think now. I think it's booked. Cody Rhodes is going to win the Royal Rumble, so. <laughs> Which, which I don't agree with, but, you know, we're going to talk about this on Raw because some yeah. of it came up, but I think they pretty much booked that. So if you if CM Punk or Randy Orton come back in the Royal Rumble, they're going to probably, you know, lose it. But what I would have loved is Seth Rollins has an open challenge, you know, mm, um, that and been then crazy, boom, yeah. CM Punk's music hits yeah. and he takes the belt from him on night, I think. And then, Oof. you know, the whole feud. Oh, my gosh. Can you? I'm, I gave myself goosebumps there, man. Talk to me. I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that would have been that would have been amazing. You should call WWE. There. Might have a, a job there writing. Uh, As I'll we be, all like yeah. to do our own <laughs> fantasy booking and think we could do it better than WWE. It just to me it feels like maybe there could have been a little more creative juice there. All right, we're gonna uh, review Raw here in just a minute. We got to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more here on Nuclear Heat on 93.7 The Ticket.